Hello and a big warm welcome back to the Aston Villa Holtcast. As usual, I'm James Rushton, joined by Danny Raza. We're here today celebrating nine wins in a row. That's right, Aston Villa have picked up nine wins in a row. The latest coming against Bolton Wanderers, who were unfortunately relegated as a result of Aston Villa's last victory in that winning streak. Danny, how are you doing, mate? I'm fine. I'm good. By the way, I'm not even going to, you know, I am buzzing. Yeah, no buzzing, man. Nine, nine on the bounce. Like it's just not something that you expect, and uh, it's great to see Dean Smith's philosophy finally taking its place at Villa. Now, obviously, it's come maybe slightly too late to get into. Well, it has come too late to get into automatic promotion places, but we've got serious momentum running at the moment, and heading into those first two games against Norwich and and Leeds United, um, which we have coming up soon, obviously, um, and then into the playoffs, it's exactly what we need. And every single person that I've spoken to, James, every single championship fan I've spoken to is scared of Villa right now. Yeah, don't sleep on Villa. And that that, that is, yeah, it's not an underestimate, uh, an underestimate. Leeds fans I've spoken to, um, I've spoken to, to, to Bristol fans, Borough fans as well, um, worried. A lot of people are worried that, that Villa are going to run away into the um, into the playoff glory. Well, it should be. Aston Villa have got a reactive, adaptive defence. They've got a uh, really, really strong attack. They've got a midfield with steel. They've got all the components of a winning team, and they're playing on the front foot. They're not a balanced team. They're you know they're top heavy. We're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna gun for victory. Um, albeit so, I think Aston Villa dangerous team to look out for. But I want to put you on the spot, mate. You mentioned Dean Smith's uh, philosophy working. What is that? What is what is working for Villa? Um, yeah, no, I think it's. I think for me, it's all about the positivity. I think it's about uh, you know trying to make sure that we that we score goals rather than um, rather than you know worry about what the what the opposition are going to do to us. You know, uh, we we we've got this style of play where we've got one defensive midfielder essentially, and and everybody else is is being encouraged to just pull numbers forward, uh, and it is about. It is also, you know, about stamina. There's a lot of running around from our players right now. There's a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, trying to find uh, the right areas of space so that uh, so you can push forward. You know, it's not a um, in in stark contrast to Steve Bruce. It's not a uh, what's the word? It's not rudimentary, is it? It's it's very it's very much. The onus is on you. The onus is on you, boys, to go and score as many goals as possible. That's that's what it is to me. Um, and I think I think with Dean Smith, uh, you can definitely see that that influence of of 2011-2012 Barcelona come into play as well. Yeah. First off, I will apologise for any background noise on my end. Um, I do have my mic set with a noise gate, but um, I do want the window open today because it's boiling in my room. And every single car, I think, in uh, North Birmingham is actually going past my window at the moment. The hottest day of the year, James. That. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so far, so uh, yeah, everyone's in their car for some reason, not out on the streets and enjoying it. They're all in their cars, um, boiling, boiling away, heading to wherever they need to go. But Aston Villa, mate, I can't stop thinking. I can't stop grinning. The philosophy's come true. All the players are doing what they should be doing. They're working as a team. It's all working well, and um, the results were there, mate. The latest result, of course, is that one yesterday against Bolton Wonders, which we'll speak about now. Nine games in a row. Bolton, the ninth game win in a row. That has condemned them, of course, to relegation a mere days after a takeover by Lawrence Bassini was announced. Um, so very much jumping from the from the frying pan into the fire. If you don't know who Bassini is, he was uh, he's only uh, a few months fresh off a ban from owning a football club or being in, involved with any English league football clubs due to uh, financial irregularities during his time at Watford a number of years oh, ago. Yeah. So Bolton 
Um, who knows what will happen there, but hopefully it'll be brighter than what has happened. What has happened is our poor ownership, which con- has condemned them to relegation. And uh, it's a shame. It's a real shame. And Aston Villa were the uh, unfortunate executors there. Yeah, but you know it was going to happen, wasn't it? You know, you look at you look at Bolton's squad as well when you lined up, and you, you know how we do try to make. I, I don't mean any disrespect to you, James. I don't. I really don't mean any disrespect. You know, we we try to we try to look at the threats. You know, when before before a team plays against us, and we try to look at um, you know how they might trouble Villa, and you look at that Bolton team, and it's thin. It's very thin, and you know that that is much to do with their financial situation. Yeah, they're starved of morale. They're starved of training time. The players are on strike. You know, you've got a, a proven championship striker in Clayton Donaldson, and if he's not firing, if he's not playing well, then um, there are there are deeper problems. And of course, there are deeper problems with Bolton. It's a big shame, and it all comes down to the ownership situation. So it's no reflection on the players that they've only got four goals. You know, why would you want to score? Why would you want to play football for some, a, a bloke like that who owned the club? Why would you want to? I understand their fans there who are paying for money, but. You know, why would you want to go out if you're if if staff aren't getting paid? Why would you want to perform? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a stark situation, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, you hope that the new ownership and Lawrence Bassini does help them out. I mean, at the very least, what it does is it it saves them, doesn't it, from uh from going under. Uh, so you know, looking at the bare basics there, without delving too much into what went wrong when he was at Watford, at least at least we know that that Bolton are going to be around next season. At the very least, you know, there's there's some experience in that team. There's some experienced heads. You know, they've they've got they've got David Wheater in there. You know, they've got Gary O'Neill, um, surprisingly, and you know there is some talent in that side as well. There's some talent in in, in guys like Williams and, and Buckley, but uh, I think yeah, as you say, we're, we're just gonna have to wait and see what what happens. You know, it's not it's not awful. I still believe they have what it takes to kind of come back up next season, um, but they 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 really do need to get some stuff sorted in the summer. Hopefully, they have a summer like ours. Um, because they are a big club. Yeah, and they do deserve to stick around. And no club deserves to fall just because the league can't be bothered to um, sort out the ownership situations of clubs and uh, defend them from poor owners. But anyway, on to the match. Aston Villa won 2-0. It took them a while to get going. It was a rather, I wouldn't say a poor first half, but one where Aston Villa pretty much coasted throughout. Um, Jed Steer come up with a big save, I believe, from Donaldson to keep Villa in the game. Um, Anwar Al-Ghazi misses a chance on the near post. Um, John McGinn heads into the goal, but it is cleared off the line. Um, goal line technology, of course, available in the AFL and proving that that goal didn't go in. So Villa did come close. And I think with a bit more application from both of those players, you know, McGinn, um, if he hits the ball harder and true out, it goes in. If Anwar Al-Ghazi gets there a split second earlier, the ball goes in and Villa are two up. Um, I think with a bit more application from the players in the first half, they, they, they go into halftime um, with a lead to protect, but no, they come out again at the uh, at the half. They're passing the ball around a lot a lot quicker. And the first goal, it's Tammy Abraham with a delicious cross in, and uh, it's none other than Jack Grealish heading it in. Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? It was like it was actually very weird because um, I couldn't even imagine getting Tammy Abraham to put that kind of a cross in on FIFA. I'm not gonna lie, like <laughs> it just it just didn't look natural. But he did it, and the, the thing with the thing with Abraham there as well is he actually dribbled his way into a good crossing position, like he purposefully went on ran onto the right hand side there. You know, he was in a central area, kind of won the ball and, and and dragged himself out wide, absolutely meaning to cross it. And it was at the far post that Jack Grealish headed that in. So not only was it Jack Grealish heading it, which was which was um, well unseen. 
<laughs> in, in, uh, in in general. But it was also, you know, very uh, a very rare cross from Tammy Abraham, and, and I just thought the two of them linked up very well. Where it was, it was like living in opposites. Yeah, it was. I wouldn't say it's a tough game for Villa at the start. I just don't think they applied too much pressure. But that first goal was amazing. And speaking of FIFA, mate, it's a bad game, isn't it? It's it's crap. It's, it's a load of rubbish, isn't it? FIFA or the game? <laughs> Both. It. I just, I just cannot hack it, mate. I cannot hack it. Thing is, the thing is, right? Without, without going on too much of a tangent, they don't really have much competition because I mean, they've got Pro Evo, who are. You know, they do say make a, a very convincing game engine. It is good. But we're still that known is... as West Midlands Village on it. Yeah, you have to put effort into it to get all the kits. And when it, I mean, they do have Jack Grealish's actual face in the game, which is which is a big win. But apart from that, it's just the effort involved in playing these football games. I mean, FIFA's frustrating because it's just crap. And Pro Evolution's frustrating because you need to put hours of effort in to get the game into any you know nice state. But uh, I do digress. I do digress. It's a uh, real life football we're talking about today. Aston Villa went up one nil thanks to uh, Jack Grealish header. The second goal um, is created this time. Jack Grealish pays the favour back and uh, dribbles across, gives Tammy Abraham the easy goal, the tap in. Um, he does finish it, but he's injured in the in the aftermath of the goal. He comes down with a, I believe it's either a shoulder sprain or a dislocated shoulder. We cannot confirm, but he left with a sling on. He's still got the sling on now. Um, a pretty bad injury by all accounts. We'll have to wait and see on the actual definition, but he's definitely missing the next game. But he gets the goal, brings him to 25. He's been a massive man for us all season, mate. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think he's the first one to score 25 goals for Villa in a very long time. I'm not sure who the last one was. Um, it was that... Andy Gray was it? in 1977, and he got 29. But I think they had a few more games oh, to Lord. play. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. Well, I mean, he could still score 29 now, potentially. Yeah, hopefully. I'm counting playoff goals as well. If we get into the playoffs, I'm counting playoff goals. If he is playing in the playoffs, I'm counting them. They do count, don't they? I hope you'd think so. What's the point? You know, the worst thing about statistics, including the NFL, is how stats don't count in the postseason, in the playoffs. Just count all of them, count the successful players in the successful team. Because, you know, Tammy scores six goals in those three games. If we are to play all three games, well, play, yeah. If we are to get to the final and play all three games, I'd want them counting. True, true, true. Um, You'd absolutely count. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I think that's how they, I think they calculate them anyway. I'd imagine so. Um, Because it is part of the championship. But, I mean, on on that goal, you know, it didn't look as though Tammy got what he wanted on it. Um, he almost tumbled himself into the ball. He just threw himself at it. And, you know, in the process, he's he's gone down on the shoulder, hasn't he? It was really, really difficult to see without the without the extra angles. But uh Yeah, it's just it's just good. He's a poacher. You know, he know he knows how to get into the right Even if the one angle, it's not picking up all the information and you need to make a decision. But it was a bit of reckless play, but I will say you have to be reckless sometimes to get the goal. And he did get the goal, it was twenty fifth of the season. Um, but he has went down injured a few times after we come back um, for the new year since um, 2019 started. He's been taken off two or three times, I think, due to injury or fatigue. So he is putting his, he's pushing his body to the limit for Aston Villa. And, then, uh, you know, this is just proof of what happened. Same with Jack Grealish, pushing his body to the limit. Um, he was injured against Swansea in Dean Smith's first game and carried on playing until the West Brom game where he was taken off. And then we didn't see him for ages. I think we're at that point of the season now where you don't need to take risks, though. I mean, I'd be very careful about playing either him or John McGinn in the next few games. Yeah, well, really. John McGinn's got the booking situation as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. And we, I mean, we headed into the game like this. Um, he's on 13 yellows. 
our John McGinn didn't bushes. actually hold back, did he? He didn't actually hold back. He was still gunning for people. I thought there was one time I thought he's picking up a yellow there. Surely he just ran straight through a player. And I'm thinking, I know he's going for it. I'd be very cautious. I think this is the one next game. We'll go into Millwall in a bit, but I think that's the game where he picks up the booking and we won't see him again for the rest of the regular season. I think don't pick him at Millwall. Leave Save him. him. Save him off. Save him. And then, then what I'd do is I'd say play him against Leeds because we might get, we might play against Leeds again in the, um, in the semis. Um, or I mean, out, we might play, play Leeds in the playoff finals and you probably want John McGinn on the pitch. So to kind of, you know, get his bearings against them. Um, don't play him against Norwich. I, I genuinely think at this point, John McGinn, listen, John, you've done your bit. Connor, come in. That's what I say at the moment. Um, which I guess is a little bit unfair on Conor Hurahan, but you know it's it's it would be worrying to go ahead into the. I mean, set, what 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 could potentially happen, James, is that John McGinn gets picked and uh, gets booked in the last game of the season, and then that would eliminate him from all the playoff games. <laughs> you have to pick up two. You can still pick up one more. Yeah, so but that's a lot, man. Yeah, um, yeah, you'd have to save him. Surely, at one point, you know, if he picks up a booking against Millwall, he'll be, he's definitely going to play Millwall. I'm pretty sure, certainly, he'll be playing against Millwall. If he picks a book him up there, he cannot play in the next two games because if he picks up another one, he'll be he'll be done for a few. True, true. He'll potentially missing all the games, so we'll have to uh, have to see what happens there. But no, he did play well yesterday. Would have had the goal, and we've already spoken about the goal, so that's all the real incidents of note to speak about. Keenan Davis actually came on, so we're going to Keenan Davis. Actually, he came on and he looked really good. He has looked he looked good in the last game against Bristol City when he came on for a cameo. He had a bit longer on the pitch this time. I don't think he really got what he wanted out of the football available to him. We managed to make a chance from nowhere, and it was a shame he didn't score. I think um, a bit more finishing, you know, if he has a bit more experience uh, in the first team, he's going to be a real danger. Oh yeah, he's going in for goals, isn't he? He's going in for goals. I think, I think, I think with Keenan Davis, if we can get his finishing sorted, he'll be, he'll be something. <laughs> he'll be something because he does like a good turn as well. You know, he's pretty good at he's good, pretty good at getting past defenders. You know, when he's on, when he's hit the accelerator. Um, and also the other thing with him is he, he does manage to make chances out of nowhere. It's just that final finish sometimes with him needs to needs to be improved. You'd, you'd hope that the time with Tammy Abraham has, has helped that out a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally, I don't know about you, but with Tammy Abraham injured, uh, I know we've got, you know, Jonathan Codger as well in the mix, but I think, I think I'd play Keenan Davis in this middle. He has to get a start, surely. Yeah, I think I'd appreciate that. I think I'd appreciate Keenan Davis getting the start because he offers something a little bit different to Tammy Abraham, where Tammy Abraham's maybe ice cold. I think Keenan Davis has got a bit more hyperactivity about him. I think he's very energetic, very excitable, and that leads to maybe some of his misses where he's snapping at the first chance available. But I think, you know, there's a real player there, and he's a bit different to Tammy Abraham. He's got the same qualities, but there's a bit of a difference about him, which uh, I think is uh, something that boosts the whole side. But he'll get his goal eventually. I just think um, the first team minutes have been lacking this season. For obvious reasons, of course, we've had Tammy and Kodja out front, and Tammy, for them all the season, has done the job. But now that there is a, an open slot there to be filled, he's definitely for at least one game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think... I think, you know, it was at this stage as well last season where we possibly were criticising Steve Bruce a little bit for not giving minutes to other players and then are struggling when, when, when times got a little bit tough, you know, uh, in heading into the playoffs. Uh, I think I think this is a point where Dean's got to think, look, we're getting into the playoffs. We should do. I mean, bar, bar you know, an absolute disaster, we're getting into the playoffs. Right? Um, I think at this point, you say, look, Boys, you've done your bit. Keep yourselves fit for the playoffs. 
I think it's time to see if we can, you know, get a couple of our secret weapons activated. And if we can activate Keenan Davis at this point in the season, heading into the playoffs, we could have a dangerous weapon on the bench. I think that's what we need to start thinking about. He has to get the match fitness. And what I mean by that is not in terms of actually being fit, athletically fit, by, you know, your, your mental state being fit, knowing when to take chances, knowing when, how the, the gameplay and the match situation will develop. But, mate, um, one final thing to speak about in that Bolton match before mm. we get onto uh, giving our match balls uh, awards away is that Axel Twanzebe went down injured and it did look like a foot injury. We can't confirm at the moment. It's still too early to confirm. But that's another, that's quite devastating. If um, Tammy Abraham, God forbid, is out, Axel Twanzebe's out. I mean, I walk around the pitch and looked fine, but that's not always the full picture. It's um, If it's affecting their mobility, they, they won't be able to play. If it's causing them pain, they won't be able to play. Um, you know, that's pretty much almost as close as it comes to a worst-case scenario in terms of injuries. We can replace Twanzebe. James Chester will come back. Tommy Alphick will come back. Uh, Mila Yedanaxi and Courtney Howes will come back. Mm-hmm. But he's still up there as one of our best defenders. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, but I think, you know, that is that is why it's so important to have a squad. And that is why it's so important to have backup options. And <laughs> that that is why Steve Bruce came under so much fire, right? I mean, look, Courtney House came in as a backup option, didn't he? You'd imagine, and Dean Smith bought him. He was look, we've got Mings, we've got Tanzibi, we've got James Chester. You know, we've got Courtney House here. You know, as an option, and you know, uh, what, what what's been great is the fact that he's come in and, and impressed so well. And now what we do have is centre back options, and that's why they're there. Tanzibi go, goes off injured. If Tanzibi's not available, that's fine. We've got somebody else who can come in and and do a job there, if not a better job. I mean, Tanzibi looked great with Mings, right? But, but House has been looking good there as well. Um, and then you've got Tammy Abraham. Obviously, we've had him on loan this season. He's been firing. He's been good. But over the last few games, there's been games where he hasn't been playing and we've had Jonathan Codger come in. Um, and Codger's looked good. I think he's on the injury bench at the moment as well, isn't he? Uh, oh, he'll be back for Monday, okay, as that's far good. as I'm aware. That's good. You look, you look, it's fine. We've got, a, we've got a squad and this is, what it's, this is what it's for. Every team suffers you know, some sort of injuries around about this time of the season. It's, it's, it's a long season. It's a very long season. And it's going to be an extended season as well, you know, if we're in the playoffs. So uh, as, as, as bad as, uh, as it sounds, having a couple of important players getting injured, uh, we should be able to deal with it. Yeah, I think, we'll be, I think we'll be absolutely fine. And we've proven that. Another win. Nine wins in a row. I can't stop mentioning it. I'm really I'm buzzing about it. And unfortunately, that does condemn Bolton to relegation, as we've stated. I'm going to need to take a match ball award off you, mate. Okay, well, first one's going to go to Jack Grealish for running the game again. Goal and assist. Uh, I mean, coming out there with a header. And also the little dinked cross on the outside of his foot to Tammy Abraham. Beautiful. Uh, and then for the rest of the game himself, you know, just he, he, the whole, all the play going through him. He played that, that playmaker's role again. Uh, even Tim Sherwood saying at the end of the game that uh, Jack Grealish would be playing for England if he was at another club. Uh, I, I think, you know, <laughs> got to give it to him. Yeah. Um, you took took my man off me, but I had a backup in mind. It was a man who didn't put a foot wrong all game. He looked solid defensively. He came up front whipping crosses in. I'm going to give it to a man I don't think we've given one to all season. It's a fullback, and it's Ahmed Al-Mohamedi. I think he was fantastic, honestly. He really impressed me. Jack Grealish ran the show. He got into the game late on. He was the conductor for everything Aston Villa. But I think... Ahmed Al Mohammadi stepped it up and uh, made sure nothing got through that right hand side. He linked up really, really well with Albert Adoma. They're both kicking on so well, and I think 
he may have that position locked down for the rest of the season. Well done, him. You know, I was watching. I was watching El Mahamedi and thinking, you know, thinking the same thing. Like, what we've managed to get the best out of him there. Really, have what managed to get the best out of him. Uh, I can only think that you know, with the with the confidence coming back to the other players, and even Albert Odoma playing on the right hand side there. He's Mah- better. Well, yeah, um, exactly. Adoma's Adoma's starting to play well again, right? And El Mahamedi and Adoma, the two of them, when they were linking up last season, worked really well because we saw it happen a lot where Albert Adoma would actually track back quite a bit. El Mahamedi would overlap and the two of them are very good at whipping in crosses. The, the two of them are good at that. Their deliveries are good. Um, and I, I think, I think you know, that helped. And I think the other thing is, you know, just being on the front foot, being on the front foot allows an attacking fullback like that to, to do the job. Because look, our fullbacks are attacking fullbacks, James. They are not the kind of fullbacks that we want under pressure every game. We've got those fullbacks as a luxury with the idea in mind that we're one of the better clubs in the championship and we should have most of the ball. Fully agree. I think uh, the players have kicked on. They're all working well together. We need to come together for a third match ball. So we've got Jack Grealish for the first. We've got Alma Hamadi for the second. Well-deserved, both of them. Who are you picking for the third? All right, okay. Tammy. He's got to be Tammy. That cross is beautiful. And also, you know, he, he, he did bundle himself. I mean, he took one for the team. got himself injured throwing himself at the ball. Yeah, put it all on the line all season, hasn't he? And I think John McGinn's pretty much a shoo-in for player of the season. And we'll need to calculate our match ball awards to see who's ours because we're using the math, you see. We're not just making up any vote. We're using the math. Um, but I think John McGinn's pretty much a shoo-in. But Tammy Abraham has put it all on the line. And I don't think that should be taken away from him. The fact that his injury is more so a case of him just never giving up for Aston Villa. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's come here to prove himself because I, I think we, we all know Tammy Abraham has ambitions of playing for England. You know, he wants to be up there with Harry Kane and, and Marcus Rashford. You know, in the next I think he's already years. got a cap as well. So uh, I think that, that's worse than not being capped at all, getting that one cap and then never getting called up again. No, I think it's more a case of when he was picked, it was, it was you know, it was them just trying out a few players, wasn't it? I mean, you've got a lot of players yeah. like that, you know, who just haven't quite kicked onto that position. You know, you've got Dominic Solanke's and, and the likes, haven't you? Um, Probably, of course. But yeah, you, you know, he's actually, he's actually had two cups for England, Tammy Abraham. Wow. Surprisingly enough, uh, he actually um, he, he played, I think, against Germany and Brazil. I oh, believe. yeah, in the, the friendlies before the Nations League. That was it. So it was that long ago. He's still rather young, so he's got a long way to go. But that's another 25 goals in the championship. So they're match balls for Bolton. They're all there for everyone to see. Jack Grealish, Ahmed Arma Hamadi and Tammy Abraham, all well-deserved. That means Bolton do get relegated. Villa's ninth win. I will say it again. Ninth win. I'll say it nine times. Ninth <laughs> win in a row. Um, next up is another team Aston Villa could put a long way towards relegating. It's Millwall FC who sit just above the relegation zone with Rotherham watching over their shoulder. Millwall have had a rough season. There was a good bit of fun when they went on an FA Cup run. They got a few results go their way. Got some VAR madness, I think go against them it was all it's all been a bit good well i don't know var wasn't there that was a big thing wasn't it for millwall's cup and they didn't have var and something mad happened in one of the games and the uh neil harris went nuts and kicked off yeah it was a weird thing about var only being in selected fixtures wasn't it yeah it's only in premier league stadiums which is uh odd because you know if it was at villa park does that not count as a premier league stadium i don't know I don't know. I know it's, it's not Premier League club, but it's a Premier League stadium. 
Mm. Got, it's 42,000, so Villa were there. Would VAR not be there? I don't care. Villa didn't get far in the FA Cup at all. But Millwall had fun in the FA Cup. That's a bit about it. If they survive, it'll be a very, very close run, and they will need to think about beating or taking a point at least off Aston Villa. Um, it is a big match. You know, As when these winning runs go on, um, nine games again, as it stands, they they get they're easier to end the longer they go on. The chances of losing or drawing, even a draw, of course, wouldn't end Villa's unbeaten streak, but it would end their winning streak. Aston Villa, of course, ten games unbeaten if you include that Stoke game that came before the derby, one where Villa started this this winning streak. But Millwall, they've got a, they've got a lot more to offer than Bolton. Bolton's top scorer, I think, we found was Josh McGuinness, uh, along with a few others on four, four goals. goals. Yeah, Millwall at least have someone who's very near to double digits in Lee Gregory. So, mm-hmm. they've, you know, out of all the teams down in the bottom four, um, Ipswich, who are actually kicking on now far too late, uh, Bolton and Rotherham, I think Millwall are probably the team with the most threat. Um, we've always had trouble against them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, um, you know, just you know, going going back on their players' statistics as well, James, like, you know, they're, 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 there is danger there. And I, th- I think we... Um, we we do tend to look worse against teams who get stuck in. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, you know, teams teams that that realize that you know our play comes creatively. You know, through the likes of Jack Grealish, if they can start to kind of, um, they can start to kind of try and attack them. If they can try and you know get rid of Jack, get rid of Jack, John uh, John McGinn, I think that's where Millwall are dangerous. And do you know what? Teams have been losing their cool against them. This this is what's really interesting. If you look at their last four games. Uh, that which they are unbeaten in. in three of those games, teams of uh, players have been sent off against them, and I wonder why that is. There's something interesting going on there, James. They're frustrating teams. They are, yeah, they are frustrating teams. It's a, it's an odd one. I think the last result against Brentford, it was a rather disappointing one-one actually, because Brentford, of course, as you said, had a man sent off rather early on. The fact that they couldn't push on and capitalize and make it, uh, make, you know, win that game. It's a bit would be a bit disappointing, especially at home as well. You'd think they'd go on to win that one, but Brentford, of course, with massive similarities to Aston Villa, so that's a big, big plus to see. You know that Millwall didn't struggle to beat them, so it's a bit of a uh, impressive to result results for us to see because we can see that you know if a team like Brentford can hold that point, a man down against Millwall at Millwall's place, yeah, then there's positives for us to take from that. I think there's a lot of positives. Millwall, of course, though, do have something to fight for. In the last, you know, we've played Millwall three times out of a possible four. This game will be the fourth time we've played them out of four. Okay. There's only been one game in that that run of fixtures, those three fixtures, where there's been anything at all to play for. The first time, it was um, it was in December or so with Steve Bruce. I think um, we were gunning for the playoffs. Millwall were obviously gunning as far... They were in the playoff positions at the time. I think Millwall were. They were gunning up halfway up the table. So there was something to play for there. The second time we played them was the last game of the regular season last year when we rested loads of players. This season, it was at the game after Steve Bruce had sacked and we just didn't turn up because we had the um, the caretaker manager, Kevin McDonald, that we didn't turn up at all. Oh, yeah, I remember that, actually. Is- we, we actually didn't turn up. This is the game with the most meaning out of all the times we played Millwall, and it comes at a really high-pressure time when Villa can make history. They can go on and win 10 games in a row. They can go on and secure a playoff place. Millwall bring their own pressure. They need. They really need to think about taking a point off us here because Rotherham are looking over there, looking, you know, 
if Rotherham get a result and they've been scoring for fun, you know, against they scored against us, they scored against Swans, they've been doing all right. They are picking up the goals. They're actually starting to fight right at the tail end of the season. The I mean, results haven't went their way, but they're showing they can do damage. All they need to do is get that result, and it's gonna, you know, the situation is really heated up there. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think you know it's 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 getting interesting down the bottom of the table as well. They they know that they need to start getting points because, I mean, whilst Rotherham still haven't been picking up points really uh, in the last few games, uh, Wigan Athletic, you know, have just moved up again, moved up from them as well. You know, after beating Leeds United uh, this weekend, so it's 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 getting rough down there. So I mean, teams like Millwall know that they have to get results against against sides like Villa and uh, again, you know, unbeaten in the last four games, they they know how to beat. Uh, teams of our nature. I mean, they, it wasn't too long ago since they beat West Brom 2-0 as well. Uh, what's interesting about Millwall is that they are the kind of side who I think it's very, very difficult to prepare for. You know, they... they, they it sounds it sounds kind of bad because, you know, it, we're kind of painting every single Millwall side with the same brush, but it's always been this way. You know, they're a side that do, that do rely on aggression. Don't they? I mean, they 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 are the kind of team who will try to rough you up, because I don't I don't think that the I don't think that their attack is anything special really. I mean, you look at have you seen have you seen Jake Cooper's statistics? The centre half. You go on. Six goals Lord and six assists. Six goals and six assists from Jake Cooper, the centre half. How does that even happen? How does you how does your centre back get six assists? I mean, that that's that's long ball. <laughs> There's no no other way to look at it. It's a long ball. They're going to play a, a rough and dirty game against us. Well, yeah, they are um, an aerial threat to say the least. Lee Grigory again, nine goals. So they have got a striker who is closing on double digits, which is a rarity. Um, down south in the relegation zone, but Villa have got a lot to play for themselves. They've got that player position, as we mentioned. It's going to be a high pressure situation. And what I need to take off you, mate, is a prediction for this game. Ah, oh, man, this is rough. I don't want to end our ten game run here. Um. I'll give it a 1-0 win. I'll give it a 1-0 win. win. Yeah, I think if we beat them, it's going to be slender. I think that we will... I mean, I I think by all means, they're going to rough us up a bit. I can see them trying to go long ball against us. I think I'll go for a 2 on win. Aston Villa, a side flowing with so much confidence. And look, if you don't have Tammy, you bring in Jonathan Codger or Keenan Davis, two massive, massive players for us. Two players you can really turn it on. Keenan Davis might not be the goal scorer we need, but he's someone who's really exciting to watch up front. And Jonathan Codger is just something else when he wants to be, and I think he'll have the spotlight on him. So so why not? I think Villa, loads of confidence, can go for it 2-1. I think Millwall, there's a bit of threat about him. They'll give us a test. Like Rotherham, exactly the same. They'll give us a test. But it's at our place. Should be sold out. We'll be feeling good. Nine wins on the bounce. Let's make it 10. There's reason to make history there. and. You can only beat the opposition that's in front of you. So let's beat Millwall. Do you know what as well? Do you know what as well? Like Keenan Davis would be perfect against the likes of Hutchinson and Cooper. You know, big, strong centre forward against those uh, against those centre halves who are very, very talented. And it's a very, very talented defence that Millwall have there. Um, surprising that they've shipped in so many goals. You know, I, I think I think this could be this could be a real game for for giving confidence to other players. Now, I don't know if you want to do this, but like I'd potentially I'd potentially look at seeing if we can get Bjarnason in there or um, Connor Hurahan. Or Lansbury, you know, I think one or two of them boys would would absolutely relish it against Millwall. I think gotta rest on him again. Leave him out. It's not necessary. That's the only thing. From what you've brought up, mate, about the discipline statistics that Millwall have managed to get someone else on the on the opposition team sent off. I think we do need to be careful 
with John McGee. We really do need to be careful. And what we need to be careful of is our key players getting injured. I think you leave Grealish in because he's Jack Grealish, right? And Villa do need to win this match. But John McGinn, there's a lot of danger now with him, with him playing this match because he can play one of Leeds or Norwich, let him play one of those games. He doesn't need to play this one. We can bring someone in. We do have a lot of rotation. We can bring in Bjarnas and Lansbury, Hurrahan. One for him. If, if we wanted to, we could do that. We don't need to risk him. So I think you are right. He's a, a genuinely brilliant player. But there's a lot of danger now that he picks up that booking and he can't play against Leeds and Norwich when we might need him in at least one of those fixtures. I think you're right. I think um, it's probably the best thing to do. Um, Keenan Davis can come in. Yedinak will likely come in for Axel Tuanzebe. Yep. And uh, yeah, so there'll be a few changes. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. And it's a Monday night game as well, which is a weird one. Also, uh, our players aren't going to be very well rested. Monday mate. One o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's less than seventy-two hours, <laughs> isn't it? Be- between between game time, it's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, I love Easter. I love Easter. Easter football's great. But uh, no, I do digress. Villa hopefully win two-one as per my prediction. We do have a few more things that we picked up to speak about, and I do want to speak about this winning streak and what it's meaning. Okay. But I also wanted to speak about something because Jordan Veritu, a former Aston Villa player, probably the only player that actually turned up in that relegation season. He is um he's apparently linked with a move to Arsenal. Yeah, so Arsenal obviously they're trying to replace uh Aaron Ramsey, who moves over to Juventus in the summer. Now I think they have in the ballpark of around about forty million pounds to spend. But I think they're looking at Jordan Veritu as as one of those um as one of those players to bring in to, to 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 replace Aaron Ramsey, and I could honestly see it working. He's obviously been a key man for Fiorentina, uh, and I think he scored five goals and scored and got three assists this season. But Fiorentina haven't had a great season, James, and I think that's the only thing that does that that I do find quite strange at the moment. Because uh, I don't know, I'll have to double check again, but I think Fiorentina are very much sort of mid table. They're around about tenth this season. Yeah, so I, yeah, they dropped off a bit. I do wonder what John Veritu's done to kind of warrant that attention. Well, he's been the best player on their side ever since, well, Villa sold him. And Villa only sold him um 2017. So, yeah, it was two years ago that Villa sold him. Um, He's been described, though. I do want to talk about the way he's been described by the English media. The Sun, TalkSport, mm. um, Birmingham Live have all described him as an Aston Villa flop. I don't really think he flopped at Aston Villa. I think that'd be really unfair. I know he didn't score and do much, but no one else did better than him. Yeah, but that whole team, so, that, that whole team had so much talent and it was put to waste. I mean, there, 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 there was an element of that, you know, not, not pulling weight. I'm not, I, look, I, look, Idrissa Gay, Jordan Veritu, when, whenever I saw them play for Villa, thought very, very talented. Veritu, to be fair to him, didn't get much of a chance at, uh, at Villa. I don't think he played every single game. I think it was a struggle to get him on, but there was a lot of talented players there who could have been pulling their weight so much better to stop us from getting relegated. Um, and I just, I just wonder, you know, whether whether he has that kind of fight to play for Arsenal. Because whilst he has looked good since leaving Villa, has he really taken anything by the scruff of its neck? And I mean, has he, has he really, you know, taken, you know, has he really gone into a team and pushed them on to uh, achieve what they're supposed to? That's that's the only thing. Um, so if if he if he is coming in, he's got the only thing he's going to be is an option for Arsenal. 
That is it. From what I've seen, he, he is a fantastic footballer. He's a really specially gifted footballer. He's uh, someone who drives deep, complete box-to-box midfielder. We might think someone almost similar, not to John McGinn, but to Conor Horan, probably a better equipped version of Conor Horan. But we'll have to see. He's played well for Fiorentina. They've had a tough season. He's certainly shined in a better light than Carlos Sanchez, who has uh, disappeared off the face of the earth. I'm don't even, he's West, at West Ham, Ham now. West Ham, so, yeah, so he went to Fiorentina at the same time as um as Veritu, and he was put all over the pitch. He was like right back sometimes, and uh, <laughs> centre back. It was pretty ridiculous. To be fair to Carlos Sanchez, he he, he made he made a, a real impact to the World Cup, getting sent off at one point, and he's also getting on. He got it. sent off in the first ten minutes in the <laughs> bloody football match. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Third minute, actually. Uh, first player sent off in the last summer's World Cup. But yeah, um, Jordan Veritu kicking on could be uh, moving to the Premier League. Best wishes. It's always good to reflect on this kind of stuff. But what I wanted to move on to finish the podcast, mate, is nine wins in a row. It could be history. I think it's 1910, the last time we won nine games in a row. So no one, I don't think, listened to this podcast would have been alive. So this is the first time in our history, in our history personally, that we've seen Villa win nine. And I think it'll be the first time ever well, in the in the 20th century and the 21st century together, that Villa have won 10 in a row. So that would be a magnificent achievement. I think what a lot of people are doing are taking away from it by saying, look, if we don't get promoted, it means nothing. But I think, hang on, in 10 years' time, when we are probably in the Premier League, regardless of what happens at the end of the season, we're going to see in the history books 2019, you know, 2018 to 2019, Villa won their longest winning streak ever. Yeah, it would be the longest winning as well, because the the the, the 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 nine win uh in the row, the ninth win in a row that they equaled from nineteen ten, that was actually equaling a record. That was equaling a club record. So ten wins in a row would be the first time ever. It is a shame it's not in the Premiership, um, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and I I think I think it is in a very tough Championship season as well. And it's had a in a it's within a season as well where so much has gone on. This has to have been the longest season I've ever experienced as a Villa fan. I mean, it's gone in so <laughs> it's many ways. Down, like, what do you associate this season with? I mean, like the first the first half of it was so different, you know, and then the first half of Dean Smith's reign at Villa was so different. And I don't know, it's been a very long season. And I think, you know, within the context of it, you know, 10 wins in a row here is, is magnificent. Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible achievement. I don't think we should take away from it regardless. No, it'll it's be... not an achievement yet, James. It's an achievement. 10 games in a row is a massive achievement. Not yet. It, you're, only, you're only counting it if we win? If we win yeah. the, the playoff? Ah, oh, man. I can't do that. No, 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 no. I'm counting it if we get the 10th win in a row. Oh, oh, sorry. We have, which yeah, we yeah. haven't. Okay. <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves there. Um, no, but if, if it does happen, 10 wins in a row, even if it's 11 or 12, wow, that's a reason to celebrate in its own. Um, you know, it will be sad if we don't go the whole hog and win the player final or even get to the player final. But I think in the future, we'll be looking back and saying, wow, we lived through the best run of fixtures in a, in Villa's history. And I mean, you look at the, the teams we beat, if we do win, what, 10 games in a row, even 11? We'd have, if we win 12 in a row, we'd have beaten half of the championship in a straight. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> you know, um, and if you go and win the playoff final, you'd have beaten some of them twice. I think I think if we get the win over Millwall, obviously it's great. Um, we've, we've got the win over some promotion rivals in, in Derby, uh, in Bristol City. 
But I think what would really make this special is if we get to carry this on against Norwich and Leeds. I think those would be the the teams that we'd want to would want to tick off in this run. Yeah, uh, I wonder how long it can. I wonder how long it can last. <laughs> uh, it's weird because you know after a great high like this, the come down is heavy. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I'm worried about. You're speaking from experience, though. I know you. You those WrestleMania nights, mate. <laughs> You're going out until six I, 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 I've never drank or, or done drugs, so you I can't get tell a you natural that much high. That kind you can get high. a natural high. I'm not taking that away from you. You can't get a natural high. You can get a natural high, and even then, you know, the come down is heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, WrestleMania is one of those, man. When you stay up for the full seven hours and then see like an awful match, not good. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I have think... to deal with your Instagram stories in the morning. I do, I do take a lot of Instagram stories, but you can follow those Instagram stories. Where can they find them, mate? At dhraza, mate. You can follow me on Instagram. But, uh, I, I, I did like the ukulele one. What? Yeah, I can play Old Town Road on the ukulele. Well done. Thanks, man. That's quite an achievement, just like Villa will have if they if they beat Millwall and win 10 in a row, mate. I think we're going to sign off there and we don't have much more to speak about. So let's, uh, let's give it a break. And uh, fingers crossed, Villa will fulfill our predictions, uh, win against Millwall, make it 10 in a row. That'd be massive. And uh, yeah, you can find me at Jamie Rushton, find him at Raza Journo. Find us all together at 7500 to heart and we'll see you likely next weekend. We'll try and make a preview for the Leeds match, but if we don't, we'll see you next weekend and wrap all of that stuff up. So thank you and goodbye.